When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Broadcasting Company presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for tonight is called The Hat, The Bed, and John J. Catherine. When I talk to you about John J. Catherine, I'm talking about me. I've got into more battles about my last name. I've had to make it clear to at least four million people that Catherine is my last name, not my first. And in the process, I have accumulated more numerous contusions, fractures, superficial abrasions, black eyes, and bloody noses than can readily be counted by one person. Now, disregard my personal adventures in the field of fisticuffs for a moment, and attune your shell-like ear to the singular story of the hat and the bed and me. However, don't get carried away to the extent of thinking of me as Kitty or Kate, or any of the other diminutives of my last name, or I am quite likely to wrap you smartly over the sconce with a stage brace. I much prefer, if you must be familiar, to be addressed by my usual sobriquet of Gentleman Johnny. However, I am just as happy when you call me Mr. Catherine. Just wanted to make myself perfectly clear. My profession is that of a stagehand. To continue our brief gander at my personal history and to orient you somewhat concerning myself, I have carried a card in the IATSE ever since the actress strike, which more or less dates me. As a matter of fact, and strictly between you and I, uh, me, there was a time when I entertained certain ambitions myself. When I left Rockford as a young man, valedictorian of my class at Rockford High, I studied with Christensen in Chicago for four months. Then the lamented Thomas Wood Stevens once said that I had legs like Bert Lytell's. 
And though I have devoted my energies to another phase of the theater for low these many years, I am still able to offer slight competition to these young upstarts who people the stage today. Indeed, I very often linger after an evening performance to try my slightly decrepit wings alone in the house at midnight. Nay, I will win my wager better yet and show more signs of her obedience, her new-built virtue and obedience. See where she comes and brings your froward wives as prisoners to her womanly persuasion. Why, there's a wench. Come and kiss me, Kate. The bard taming of the shrew act five, scene two, Petruchio speaking to Katharina. I could go on for three days. Before you go on for three days, Mr. Catherine, suppose you step over here and give these boys a hand with the scenery for the next act, huh? And make it snappy, Mr. Catherine? That our boy, Mr. Catherine. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt. Hamlet Act One, Scene Two. John Catherine been telling you how he'd have wowed him in Grand Rapids if he'd stuck to his first love, the theater. Don't you listen to it. First thing you know, we'll have you talked into angeling a production of Shakespearean repertory in somebody's cow barn for the summer, starring John J. Catherine as King Lear, Macbeth, Shylock, and assorted Kings Henry. And I'm not going to let anybody spoil the best stagehand I ever saw to make a fourth-rate ham actor out of him. Not that he isn't a fourth-rate ham actor already. Me? I'm Evelyn Pierce. I produce plays and things. And I think John J. Catherine hates my <clears throat> viscera. I don't mean to be mean to John. I like him. But we got work to do putting on a play. And that's the stagehand's business. Oh, hello, John. Back so quickly? Miss Pierce, I quit. Again, John? For positively the last, final, definitive time, Miss Pierce, I quit. I am done. I resign. I will take it up with the union if need be, but I am... Unequivocably, is that it? Mm -hmm. Unequivocably resign. Is that clear, Miss Pierce? Quite, John. But why, if you please? That set dresser. What set dresser? That man, that unspeakable man that goes around putting things on things, flowers on tables and telephone books on stands, candlesticks on the mantel. He put my hat on the bed. Oh. And so, Miss Pierce, I... Unequivocably resign. It is so. Fare you well. Where are you going, John? I said I quit, Miss well, B. Where are you going? I am going to the morticians. I am going, Miss Pierce, to the morticians to talk over certain details. Details of what, John? A funeral, Miss Pierce. A funeral, John? My funeral, Miss Pierce. I don't quite understand you, John. Miss Pierce, are you unaware that a hat placed on a bed is a sure sign of death? Please omit the flowers, Miss Pierce. I wish you people would... Oh, John Catherine. Hello, Miss Pierce. Aren't you dead, John? No, ma'am. Did I wake you up? As a matter of fact, you did, John. Is there something I can do for you? Yes, ma'am. Yes, Miss Pierce. Well, what? I was taking a nap. You were asleep. I was. I'm tired. I didn't get much sleep last night. No? Nor the night before, either. Sleep that knits up the raveled sleeve of care. Macbeth, Act 2, Scene 2. Death's counterfeit, Act 2, Scene 3. It scares me. 
What scares you? Like that? Sleep. I'm afraid to go to sleep. Oh, I'm so sleepy. Well, can I do something for you, John? I could tell you about my dream. Well, John, really, I'm afraid. So am I. Something's got to be done. You want me to do something? You mean you want to come back to work, John? I want to tell you about my dream, Miss Pierce. Well, come on in. Well, thank you. Sit down, John. Thank you. Will I light a cigarette? Cigarette, John? I don't smoke, Miss Pierce. Oh, yes, I forgot. Well? I hardly know where to begin. I haven't got much time. I know. Neither have I. Go ahead, John. Well, the hat, you know, and the bed. It's only a superstition, John. That's what people say. I didn't know you were superstitious. Well, I don't know whether I am or not. I'm so sleepy all the time, I can't remember things. I don't know what... Oh, I don't know. Now, see here, John. Yes, ma'am. Well, I'm just afraid of dying. Are you afraid of dying, Miss Pierce? I've never thought of it, especially. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to die. You see, I know what it's like. Kind of. Now, John, if that's all... Oh, I... listen. I was really scared when I left the theater last night. I really did call up a mortician to arrange things, you know. Said you were. I couldn't get him on the phone. So after a while, I lay down as one who wraps the drapery of his couch about him. And lies down to peaceful dreams, Thanatopsis, William Cullen Bryant. Yeah, thank you. But I didn't dream, peacefully or unpeacefully. But you said you did. Oh, ma'am, I just went to sleep. But you said you dreamed, John. You said you wanted to tell me your dream. That's what you said. I know. When I woke up, it was real late. Really late, I mean. Very late. It was dark, black dark. I could hardly see the light from the window. Couldn't see it at all, as a matter of fact. Black dark, and I was so thirsty. I, I had to have a drink of water. My mouth was just parched. Sleeping with your mouth open. I suppose. Well, after a while, I couldn't stand it any longer, so I got up. Now, the bathroom's here, you see. My bed is like this, and the dresser's over here. And there's a chair. Mm-hmm. I got up, and I couldn't find the light switch. I knew I could find my way in the dark to the bathroom, all right, and I did. I got my drink of water, and my goodness, it tasted good. And then I started back to bed. When I came back, the bed was gone. <coughs> there wasn't any bed. There wasn't any chair where I knew the chair was. And the dresser was gone, too. There wasn't anything in the room. John, you were dreaming. No, I wasn't dreaming. I wandered around there in the dark for ever so long. There wasn't anything in the room, I tell you. My gracious, Miss Pierce, I can walk three steps from my bathroom door right to the edge of my bed. It's a little low bed. I bump it with my knee. It's a little room, Miss Pierce. You can't walk around there in the light without bumping into something. The chair or the dresser or the bed or the little table. I, I forgot where I keep my collected plays of Shakespeare right kind of by my bed. Where the light is. I couldn't find a light. I couldn't find any light. I don't understand it, John. Because of the hat on the bed. Oh, John. 
That's right. Just because she had a bad dream. It wasn't a dream. You said you wanted to tell me your dream. The only way I could think to describe it. But it wasn't a dream. Just a big, empty place. Dark, black, dark, empty. I've been very badly frightened, Miss Pierce. What happened when you waked up, John? I wasn't asleep. It wasn't a dream. It... It was a kind of preview of death, Miss Pierce. Oh, no, John. A dream. Now, don't sit there and shake your head, John. I've had dreams like that myself. Extraordinarily vivid dreams that leave me wondering when I wake up whether I... John, you're not listening to me. Oh, I'm so sleepy, Miss Pierce. Well, you're not going to sleep in my house now. I... I won't go to sleep, Miss Pierce. I'm afraid to go to sleep. Afraid of dreaming. I don't know what I'm afraid of. Well, I... Cigarette, John? I don't smoke, Miss Pierce. I forgot. It's all right. Well, it is an extraordinary experience, isn't it? Yes. Well, I, uh... I mean, well, why'd you come to tell me about it? Did you... I mean, I'll be glad to have you go back to work if you want to. You want to do that? No, no, I don't think so. I... I just wanted to tell you about it. Why me especially, John? Oh, gracious, don't you know? John, I'm very flattered, really, and you know, oh, you but... you don't know? Of course not. Well, you were there. I was there. Yes, Miss Pierce. I've never heard anything so absurd in all my life. What was I doing there? In the dark. What were you doing? Why, I don't know what you were doing. You were... Just there. Now, John, that's absurd. How, how do you know I was there? You well, said it was I, dark. You, you couldn't see anything. You were there, Miss Pierce. John, I don't know what you're talking about. You're drunk or... I don't drink, Miss Pierce. And I wasn't at your house either. You know perfectly well I it was. It wasn't at my house. You said... I said I came out of the bathroom and I thought it was my room. But it wasn't. It was just a great, big, dark, empty space. John, when was all this? Why, well, last night. Oh. I went right home from the theater, you know, and... And I went to bed like I... When you saw the hat on the bed and you came to me and said you quit? Of course. Last night, I... John. Yes, ma'am? It was Thursday night you quit. What? Three days ago, not last night. Three days ago, John. Three days ago? Where have you been for three days, John? Why? Why, I... Yes, I've been dead. <laughs> John, I think you'd better get the... What are you staring at? Miss Pierce, you... You got your hat on the bed. All right, John, come on. Come on, where? I'm going to take my hat off the bed, John. It's too and... late now. Too late? Sign of death. Oh, stop that nonsense. I'm going to put on my hat and get back to the theater. That play I'm trying to do will die the death. Oh, don't right. talk that stop way. Stop it. Come on. You go back with me. Go back to work if you want to. Now, you see? See, I've got my hat. Now, let's go. Time to go, I John. Something will happen to us, Miss Pierce. What? Get run over by a taxi? Don't, don't talk that oh, way. Oh, stop it, Catherine. Miss Pierce? You know I don't like to be called by my last name. Sometimes I'm not sure whether that's your last name or your first. You're not to talk to me that way, Miss Pierce. All right, then. Stop acting like an old maiden. Come along if you're I coming. don't want you talking to me like All that. All right, just stop talking nonsense, then, and come on with me. Coming? I said, are you coming with me? No, I'm not coming. John, I've got to. You're not going either. Now, look, this is silly. 
Why aren't you? I'm afraid. Well, you're not going to stay here. Please. No, come on. Now get up and come with me. Don't you go either. John, are you all right? I'm afraid. What am I going to do with you? The hat on the bed, that was a sign of death for me, and I died a little the other night, uh, whenever it was. You had a bad dream. No, your hat was on the bed. That's a sign of death for you. That's ridiculous. You're going to die. Now, John, I've listened to just about everything I'm going to listen to. You just get up out of that chair and come on. No. Yes. Please. John, would you like it if I left you here? No. Look, John, it's half past two, and I've got to be at the theater at three. Here, I'll put this nice pillow under your head. Now, won't that be nice and comfortable, John? Oh, so sleepy. Sure, Johnny Captain. You'll be all right. You just stay there nice in the big chair, and I'll go to the theater, and then I'll come back. You'll see. Oh, don't get killed. Of course I won't. I'll be all right, Johnny Catherine. And you'll be all right, too, right here. Go on. Go to sleep, John. I'm afraid to go to sleep. Poor guy's all worn out. I'm afraid. Well, you sleep, boy. I'll be back around 10 o'clock. John. Oh, good heavens, it's quarter to three already. Oh, darn, I won't answer it. Oh, I'm late already, I tell you. All right, all right, all right. Yes. Oh, hello, Tony. Yes, I'm on my way to the theater. I haven't got a minute to talk. Yes, yes. Yes, I'll be home about 10, I hope. Matter of fact, I think you better. I'll tell you when I see you. Yes, here at the house. Well, I might have somebody I want you to get rid of. Wait. No, he's asleep. <laughs> no, I'm not living a life of sin. This is one of the stagehands from the John J. Catherine, no less. That's right, the distinguished Shakespearean actor and quoter. I don't know, potted, I think, or else he's losing his buttons. Too much King Lear, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, I'm leaving him here to sleep it off. Oh, hats on a bed, all that stuff. Oh, he's all right now, as long as I'm not here. Look, Tony, I'm late. Suppose you meet me here at the house around 10. <laughs> sure, if he's still here, I'll let you throw him out. I'm gonna run, goodbye. I'll see you tonight, bye. You all right, John Cassidy? You sleep? John. <laughs> Poor fellow. What was this? Where? Oh, mysterious house. Oh, I'm so thirsty. What time is it? Quarter to... Quarter to... I can't read my watch. Where's all the lights? Oh, where do I get a drink of water? Oh, hey, up in the blankets. Hey, where's Miss Pierce? Miss Pierce! Trust up hand and foot like a fowl, like a pullet, like a capon. Miss Pierce! Oh, yes, she went out. What am I doing here? Oh, I remember. My gracious, I have to get out of here before she comes back. My mouth, I... I shouldn't have had those cocktails before I came over here. I should know I can't drink. 
What I need is a big cold drink of water. Nice place you got here, Miss Pierce. Nice place you got, although I can't say I like philodendrons. Where's your kitchen? I want a drink of water. I wish I could find a light. Ah, here it is. Oh, quarter to twelve it is. I better be getting out of here after I get a drink. Kitchen. Mighty little kitchen. Nice little kitchen. Now, now, where's the glass? Here we have glasses. Miss Pierce, I find your drinking water excellent, although it could be just a spot colder. Miss Pierce, I dislike you intensely. I do not love thee, Dr. Fell, a reason why I cannot tell, but this I know and know for well I do not love thee, Miss Pierce. Although the why is not in my mind, in the mind of John J. Catherine, my friends, who might be the idol of millions, nay, billions, if Miss Evelyn Pierce, the eminent producer, would give him a chance to tread the... pardon me, tread the boards. Tread the boards in sock and buskin. Hand me my sock, Violet. I prithee trust my points, and I will reward thee with a cup of sack. Cup of sack, sack of cups. <laughs> trust my points, whatever that is, one bun, I will reward thee with a cup of sack. Yeah, Sir Walter Scott must have been a little stiff when he wrote that. Thou hast looked upon the wine when it is red, Sir Walter. Thou hast looked upon it when it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adding machine. Yeah, thou art very funny this night, Sir John J. Catherine. Albeit a trifle corny, said I. Hey, I've got to get my large bulky carcass out of here before Miss Pierce comes back, or else Miss Pierce and I will get in the fight and then I won't get my job back. Much less get a job as a broad cheddar and sock and buskin. Remind me to ask Miss Pierce what is a buskin. I know what a sock is, Miss Pierce. A sock is what I'm going to give you in your pretty teeth if you don't stop being so mean to me to Sir John J. Catherine, the sock and buskin man from Rockford, Illinois. He had not to mention, forsooth, Bassanio, my head hangeth over. I am now undrunk. Well, I would, my fair and fair to middling friend, I would that thou wouldst spew to me whether this beldam hath perchance a small flagon of bourbon concealed on or about the premises. For I would drink of same and restore myself. <clears throat> Anon. Is there no way, as Pierre Louis has the little girl say to Demetrius? Is there no bourbon? What drinkest thou, Pierce? No scotch, no creme vette? No vintage wine, no. Aha. I see you. I see you, John Jameson's excellent pot still product, of which our Miss Pierce will miss not a jot or a tittle out of a bottle which I will tipple. Thank you, Miss Pierce. You have a regrettable habit of leaving hats on beds. But here's to you. is meat and drink, not to mention pie in the sky. Je vous remercie, Miss Pierce. No, Mademoiselle Pierce out here remarked in his flawless flinch. Flawless flinch. Yeah. Thank you. I will have another dollar for the same, Miss Pierce. You want a delightful old bag, old sack, old cover sack? <coughs> uh, 
Gatto or Pierstan, he remarked in flawless Japanese. <clears throat> and for this short snort, which will cure my hangover completely. <clears throat> Say in my flawless double talk, Framus on the scrivener. Now, I will replace the somewhat attenuated bottle from which I have received back my body and my soul, reading from left to right. And before I retire into the stilly night, I will favor this large and intelligent audience with a selection from the Bard. Not Ben Bard, he is a comic. The Bard of Avon, situated by an odd coincidence hard by the banks of the river Stratford, or vice versa, as the case may be in sunny England, which I will favor you with a large, jagged hunk of Shakespeare. Or as my ancient and deceased friend, what was his name in the Shelf Serie many, many years ago, was want to say, Jackespeare. Russian for Shakespeare. I crave your attention. Mr. John J. Catherine as Macbeth. Is this a dagger which I see before me? The handle toward my hand? Come, let me clutch thee. I have thee not, and yet I see thee still. Art thou not fatal vision, sensible to feeling as to sight? Or art thou but a dagger of the mind, a false creation proceeding from the heat-oppressed brain? I see thee yet in form as palpable as this which now I draw. The lights went out. Where's the lights? Miss Pierce, turn on the lights. Miss Pierce isn't here. Where's Miss Pierce? Yeah, I'm going to get out of here, Miss Pierce. You come in your nice house in the dark, find me here all full of your liquor. Yeah, where's the door? I can't find the door. I can't find... I... Where's the chair? Where's the door? Miss Pierce! Please, Miss Pierce! I'm lost again in the dark. Miss Pierce, this happened again. You did it to me this time, Miss Pierce. You put your hat on the bed and you made it dark in your house, too. Miss Pierce, I'm lost. This is no dream. Miss Pierce, where are you? Where am I? Where's the door? Here's the door. Where does it go? I, I know where this door goes. This is the door that... Miss Pierce, where does this door go? your hat on the bed, you did. You put your hat on the bed. You put your hat on the bed. That's a sign of death, Miss Pierce, putting a hat on the bed. Where? Well, I can't see. I'm... Oh. oh, I know where I am now. Oh. oh, I was so scared. Never mind, Miss Pierce. I know where I am now. There's a chair. Hello, chair. There's a little table. Good evening, little table in the dark. I beg your pardon, table. And I'm all right now, Miss Pierce. I'll get out just as soon as I can find the door in the dark, Miss Pierce. Oh, how I hate Miss Pierce. I'm going. Oh, here's the bed, isn't it? The bed, yes. The bed, Miss Pierce. That's where you threw your hat. Hat on the bed. Sign of death, old Abers. I guess I'll just lie down and take me a little rest. Why? Why, your hat's still here on the bed, Miss Pierce. Sign of death, Miss Pierce, leaving your hat on the bed. Sign of death for sure. 
Silly old Miss Pierce, leaving her hat on the bed. Why, Miss Pierce, you left your head inside your hat. Tonight's Quiet Please story is The Hat, The Bed, and John J. Catherine. It was written and directed by Willis Cooper. The man who spoke to you was Ernest Chappell. And Miss Pierce was played by Nancy Sheridan. As usual, music for Quiet Please is by Albert Berman. For a word about next week's Quiet Please, here is our writer-director, my good friend Willis Cooper. Okay, Bill? Thank you for listening to Quiet Please. Next week's story is called La Fille au Chevalier. The girl with the flaxen hair. And so until next week, and La Trio Chevalier. I am glad to yours, Ernest Chappell. A listening reminder. A united America makes a strong America. That's why each of us should work to rid our community of racial and religious prejudice. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.